You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Well, Happy New Year! Uh, as we move into the new year, I just, you know, I'm, I'm curious, how many of you have already got your New Year's resolutions? Yeah, you're about on par with everybody else. Like, I've, I've had like two or three hands in every service. Uh, well, uh, personally, I'm not much of a, a New Year's resolutions guy, and, and for me, that's because uh, a lot of times when I look at New Year's resolutions, and you might be different in this, but a lot of times when I look at New Year's resolutions, they become this, this I'm not good enough festival, right? And, and so, like, I'm not strong enough, I'm not skinny enough, I, I, I don't have enough money, I, I don't have the right job, I, I, and it just ends up becoming this, I'm not good enough. And so, so then we look at our lives and see what I'm not good enough the most in, and we say, well, this is what I'm going to spend the, the year being gooder enough in. Right? And, and then we get to that end of that year, and we're like, oh, great, I got gooder in this, and now there's something else that I'm really not good enough in, and so that's what I need to focus on, and it's, it's just this never-ending cycle of I'm not good enough. And, and most New Year's resolutions fail. I think, I think we all know this. If we look back on our lives, maybe you're like one of the few that actually gets to the end of the year, but 80% of New Year's resolutions fail, and most of that happens by mid or, or before mid-February. And, and I'm not, this next part, there's no study about this, but just as I look at it, I talk to a lot of people, I think one of the big reasons that those fail is because of how we answer this question. Why? Why are we, why do we have this New Year's resolution? And again, for some of us, it's because, uh, you know, we look at it and we say, well, I'm not good enough. And so how do I become good enough? But then it's, I, I think at the, at the core of that, I think a lot of us, we answer this question, why, with, so that someone will love me more. And then I think even a lot of that, the answer of who that someone is, is myself, right? So that I will love me more. And if it's not me, you know, sometimes we, we, we churchify it, which is fine. Uh, you know, we, we say, I'm going to read the Bible more, or I'm going to pray more, or I'm going to love my neighbor more. But, but sometimes behind that is this idea, well, hopefully then God will love me more. Well, today as we look at our text from Luke chapter 2, we're going to connect a lot of dots and hopefully be able to then answer this question uh, in, in a way that's pleasing to God. But there is so much in this Luke 2 text that, that we could spend a lot of time on this. I joked with the service last night that started at 6. I said, we could get to the new year uh, just by talking through this text. We're not going to do that. So that means we're going to have to skip over a lot of stuff, which makes me sad. So if you want to just sit and chat about like the glory that, that comes in this, we're not even going to touch the word glory, uh, which is really sad because it's an important part of this text. Uh, but... But as we look at it, I want to transition from the birth story through the first four weeks, or first few weeks of Jesus' life, and so we're going to back up even one more verse to Luke chapter 2, verse 20, 
that says, and the shepherds returned, right? You, you heard this on Christmas Eve. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And then we get this one verse, verse 21. It actually, if you look on your bulletin, it's not even, it, it wasn't supposed to be part of the text today, but I added it in because it's so easy to skip over, right? And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Then we go to the next story. This is about 40 days, this is 40 days after his birth. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Again, there's, there's a lot that just happened in those three verses. But again, I want to jump back to the verse that's really easy to skip, right? And at the end of eight days, actually the, the Greek word there is at the fulfillment of eight days. We get this fulfillment discussion in the first half uh, of Luke 2, um, the, the fulfillment of the prophecies. And then we get at the fulfillment of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. And, and we're going to get fulfillment text in the next verse as well. Uh, but he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And so, so what is this fulfillment that's happening here? Well, there's, there's, first there's some obedience, right? Mary and Joseph are being obedient to the law of the Lord, and at eight days they're bringing Jesus uh, to be circumcised and to be given his name. Back, back in that time, uh, in, in the Israelites, they, those children didn't have names. I mean, they probably knew, and they knew what the names were, but they, weren't, they didn't really have their name until the eighth day. That's when all that happened, which would be, by the way, today. Uh, if, if you're looking, if Christmas was, you know, the, the, the 24th, 25th. Uh, and so, uh, today is the eighth day, right? And so, Mary and Joseph are, are bringing uh, him to be con- uh, circumcised and given his name. We, we see this earlier uh, in, in, with John the Baptist, right? Zechariah wasn't able to speak because he didn't believe the angel, and, and it wasn't when John was born that he was able to speak, it was when he was given the name, right? When, when Zechariah writes out on the tablet, his name is John, that's when he's able to speak again. So, so there's this fulfillment happening in obedience to God's law. But also in this, in this circumcision, there's bloodshed. This is probably the first time that Jesus sheds his blood. And we'll get back to that in a little bit. But, but what does Paul have to say about this connection uh, between circumcision and the, the fulfillment of the law? Well, in Colossians 2, um, they are, uh, at this point, the, the, the church of Colossae, they are fighting about, you know, should Gentiles, when they come into the faith, should they have to be circumcised? And so Paul says, well, in him, in Jesus, also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. So not the circumcision that you're thinking about. By putting off the body of the flesh, by putting, uh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses." Right? And so this uncircumcision, this, conversa- this conversation, it's not just a physical thing, but it's also this representation of sin and rebellion. And so as Jesus comes into the world, and at the eighth day then in the circumcision and naming, he takes humanity's place under the law as their sin bearer. Right? So already eight days into his life, Jesus is shedding his blood, 
and then receiving this name Jesus, which if we go to Matthew's gospel, what is that, why is he given the name Jesus? The angel tells Joseph it's because he will save his people from their sins. And so already eight days into his life, his destiny is being revealed through the shedding of blood and through the reception, the receiving of the name Jesus. Right? And we see in Colossians that baptism, right, we've been talking about this, these New Year's resolutions, am I good enough? Well, your baptism tells you you are good enough. Because, and, and if you look at the, the text on the front of your bulletin, we had a text in Isaiah earlier uh, in, in our traditional services, and that text talks about being clothed in righteousness, right? In your baptism, you are clothed with the righteousness of God, and so when the Father looks at you, He sees Jesus. He sees perfection. And he says, you are enough because Jesus is, was and is and will always be enough. So, so a few of you raised your hand uh, for, for New Year's resolutions. Uh, there's been something new that's kind of been happening that I've seen uh, more often that instead of New Year's resolutions, uh, people are having their word of the year. How many of you have a word of the year? I, I oh, good. Uh, those, great. Um, but but what, what I love, what makes me laugh about the word of the year is you can like put anything into it. Like, uh, I've seen um, unexpected, right? So, I could blow a tire on the interstate or I could win a million dollars. Great. I have fulfilled my destiny in the word of the year, right? Um, so, let's continue the story in Luke 2, right? First, you know, Jesus is born, uh, and then on the eighth day, he is uh, circumcised and given his name. And then on the 40th day is when he is taken to the temple in Jerusalem um, for, for this purification, right? They're, they're, again, they're fulfilling the law, and I'm not going to read the text, but, but it, again, is at the fulfillment of the law, right? So, Mary and Joseph, they present Jesus at the temple, and as they're bringing him into the temple, there's a man there whose name is Simeon who sees Jesus, and immediately when he sees Jesus, he grabs Jesus, puts him in his arms, holds him, and cries out, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Again, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Right? I have read this text I don't know how many times. Right? Because this text, uh, at the end of just about every funeral... The, the, the coffin is right here. I come down, and I stand right about here. Um, and we read from John's gospel uh, about um, those who, you know, uh, will not see, you know, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then, Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace. And then, the closing song, right? And the, the casket is wheeled out and put into the, uh, uh, put into the hearse, and then driven to the cemetery, where again these words are read. And I place my hand on the casket and say, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. And so as I look at these words, we think, right, depart in peace. It, it makes sense that that would be this, this idea of, uh, of, of being, you know, of dying and going to be with Jesus in peace. Right? And, and 
And that's what we get because Simeon was told, hey, you're not going to die until you have seen the Lord's Christ. And so, so Simeon has this great song, uh, but I was reading through one of my commentaries, the Concordia commentary by uh, Arthur Just, uh, or Art Just, uh, from Luke. He does the whole Luke series, but specifically this one that's focused on this text. Um, and he looks at that, that Greek word that, that we translate, or is translated to part in peace, and he thinks actually it might be better set free. Lord, now you are setting free your servant. And, and a little bit later in that commentary, he says, one of the dominant metaphors for the gospel of Luke is the new creation that Jesus sets free through his presence in the creation as the creator becomes the creature. Simeon also is believing the promise of the word of the Lord, the, the peace that the angelic host promised for all on whom God's favors rest comes to Simeon, who has promised a glimpse of the Lord's Christ before he died. Right? And so, Simeon is set free. Right? He is in peace with favor, uh, with the favor of God resting upon him. Right? And again, we get this, this sense of Simeon saying, finally. Now, we don't know how long Simeon was waiting for, to see the Lord's Christ. Uh, we, we think of Simeon as an old man, uh, but the text doesn't actually say that. The, the next character that we meet, Anna, says that she is 84 years old. Like, she's an old lady, but we don't know um, about Simeon. He could, be, he could be a younger guy who has then been set free. Now, again, when we think of set free, or when we use that text in funerals, we're thinking set free, you know, depart in peace, set free from, this, uh, from, from the sinfulness of this earth, set free to die. But it could also mean that, that Simeon was set free to live the life that God has called him to go and live, right? And in that same way, so too are you set free, right? Through the, through the work of the Spirit, through, through baptism, through the, the hearing of God's Word, you are set free in peace with the favor of God resting upon you. So then what does that mean about your New Year's resolutions? Make them, right? Make your New Year's resolutions. Have, have your word of the year, but, but clarify your why. Right? Hopefully, as you leave today, your why isn't so that. You know, I'm going to become a, a different, I'm going to do this this year so that someone will love me more, so that I will love myself more, or so that God will love me more. But instead, I hope your why might become a because. Because I've been set free, I can go and live this way. Because I've been set free, I can, you know, I can, I can eat less, I can exercise more. Because I've been set free, <laughs> I can eat more and exercise less. I don't know what it is, uh, but because I have been set free, I now have freedom to go live the life that God calls me to live. And this this Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so while we're in a new year, it is the same Jesus. The same Jesus who shed his blood in fulfillment of the law on day eight of his life. The same Jesus who shed his blood on the cross on the last day of his first earthly life. That same Jesus came to set you free. And because of that Jesus, you have been set free. You have been made 
new. You are a new creation. Right? Luther tells us to, to drown the old Adam and rise to new life each and every day. Right? You, don't have to, you don't have to wait till the new year to be made new. Right? He already has made you new. And then he works through the Spirit to make you a new creation each and every day. Amen? Amen.